Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. All right, so we are going to begin today's show with a question. Can you really have a shenanigans Wednesday when your basketball team is in an 0-2 hole? Yes. Are there shenanigans to be had? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 0-2 cool would that. be the shenanigans, right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it's just a matter of, of when you've got something this much heavy lifting to do. Yeah. How frivolous can you be? But yeah, I guess it's all good. You know what? Let's hold off the shenanigans till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we- That's right. Memo to Nick K. Tomorrow is the return of mustache. Wow. Not a mustache. Three weeks off in a special Thursday edition. Yes. Yeah. Unless something yeah. huge happens. Unless something huge happens, which, which could there's, happen. There's stuff lingering. Which yes. does, which could happen. Yeah, exactly. Before we get started today, um, I'm a little perturbed by this development of Aaron Rodgers sitting courtside of every big sporting event. Um, this Aaron Rodgers basking in this New York experience, this is going to be insufferable. It's <laughs> He's, is it possible he's living in the bowels of Madison Square Garden right now? Because that's three games in three days in, in Madison yeah, Square Garden. He did talk Listen. about finding a place to live, and maybe that hasn't happened yet. So maybe he is at MSG. He has been. He has been at every hockey game, basketball game. He's been quoted as saying, "I want to throw out the first pitch at a Yankees game." You know what I think he's doing? I think he's making Green Bay. I think he's purposely trying to make Green Bay feel like a uh, a small town of cow turds. Yes. Right? Yes. That's what he's doing. Like, oh, I am finally. But look at that. There's a a world here. He did show up to a lot of Bucks playoff games over the years. All right. But wasn't he part owner or something of the Bucks? He might have been. I, I I actually think that's completely legitimate. I, I always thought he never fit. Like they tried to make him fit in Green Bay because he was mm-hmm. such a great player, uh-huh. but he wasn't Brett Favre ever. Like this guy is is a Northern California dude who loves attention and culture and I, all this I, stuff. I agree with all of that, but he's I think so much all, happier in New York. Yeah, but I also think that this is this is a way that he's sticking it to Green Bay, to acting like, wow, look at the real world that's out there yeah. once you yeah. get out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Well, it's right? hard to go to a Stanley Cup playoff game in Green Bay. Well, that is that true. Is true. That is true. It's kind of giving me Michael Scott in the office vibes when he goes to New York and he goes, I'm going to get me a New York slice. And it's like a Sparrow, which is in every mall in America. <laughs> right. That's kind of what That's I'm right. getting from but now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. How are the cheese curds in New York City, though, Aaron? Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably good. How's the poutine Can in New York City? Can cow yeah, right. in New York City? I don't think so. No, Probably I don't think so either. As well. All right. Start the show, Jarrett. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. And by the way, welcome back to the studio, Pick. Well, Good to have you, you back in the fold. Thank you, thank you. After two days Good in to the be home. City. Good to be back. It's off day number two of three for the Suns and Nuggets ahead of game three of their Western Conference semifinal series. The Nuggets, of course, lead 2-0 after a 10-point win on Monday night. And, of course, Chris Paul left the game with 4.32 left in the third quarter with an apparent groin injury. Shams Jarania of The Athletic reported yesterday afternoon that the Suns expect to be without Paul for the next three games. Then, the Suns last night put out a short two-sentence statement that read, further evaluation has confirmed that Phoenix Suns guard Chris Paul has sustained a left groin strain. He's considered day-to-day. We'll see. I think I know which report I believe more. Yeah, I think I think I do as well. Yeah. Chris Paul's going to be gone a bit. It's kind of what we suspected yesterday. I think yeah. he, there, there are medical things and boxes to check, as Marty Williams likes to say. I think we could all tell with our eyes, right? If he couldn't push off on that groin, that the growing, then 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 this wasn't a day to day thing. So no, no. Uh, game three is Friday night at Footprint Center in conjunction with Cinco de Mayo. Uh, maybe it'll be a festive Cinco de Mayo. We'll see. Last night in the NBA, the New York Knicks even their series with the Miami Heat at 1-1 with a 111-105 win at Madison Square Garden. Jalen Brunson's three with 4.07 left gave the Knicks a three-point lead, one that they would not relinquish. Brunson, who was playing on a sore right ankle, had 30 to lead the Knicks. Julius Randle returned from an ankle injury, had 25-12 and 8 for New York. Miami played without Jimmy Butler, who missed the game with, guess what, an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, game three is in South Florida on Saturday. That that team that the Heat rolled out there with, you're like, how are they hanging and winning a playoff game at this point? And yeah. they almost pulled it off. I'm uh, I'm I'm always astounded that that professional athletes can roll their ankle as badly as Jimmy Butler did in the game and then keep playing. And then they stop, and then the swelling takes over. Normal people like you and I, we roll our ankle like that. There's no keep playing in our world. No. Onto the couch. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just just amazing. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm astounded that the NBA would, like, rather have one game a night for the next four nights rather than doing any kind of doubling up. Like, they they play Tuesday, and then they don't play again until Saturday. True. So there's only one playoff game tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night. Exclusivity. They, they still have the days on the calendar, though. Uh, mm. The Lakers took game one over the Warriors in San Francisco, 117-112. Anthony Davis had a monster game with 30 points, 23 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 block shots. Warriors shot only 40%. They hit 21 threes as a team. Steph Curry tied the game at 112 with a 3 with 138 left, capping a 14-0 run. Then LeBron James broke the tie 33 seconds later with a free throw. And then Jordan Poole took one of the worst five shots in the history of the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Actually, two of the worst yeah. in the last minute. Missed them both, including a, I don't know, a 35-foot three-pointer. Uh-huh. Um, Surprise, Draymond Green didn't punch him in the face all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Lakers uh, have a one nothing series lead. Uh, tonight, game two of the Eastern semifinal between the Celtics and Sixers. Philly stole game one behind a Herculean effort by James Harden, who tied a career playoff high with 45 points. That game tips off at five on TNT. Last night on TNT, we got a new MVP in the NBA, and as expected, it's Philadelphia center Joel Embiid, who took 73 of 100 first-place votes for a comfortable win over Denver's Nikola Jokic and Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo.
Antetokounmpo. That means Michael Malone can stop stumping for Nikola Jokic to win another MVP. Uh, Embiid won his second straight scoring title this year, 33.1 points per game, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, first 76er to win the award since Allen Iverson in 2001. Uh, and, then, and that's f- the fifth straight foreign-born MVP? Yes. yes. Giannis won two. Mm-hmm. Jokic won two. Yep. Embiid, first of two. We'll see. Truly a global sport. And another, uh, I think this is a fascinating NBA story. Uh, Shams Tarani of The Athletic early yesterday reported that the Grizzlies have informed guard Dylan Brooks, who is a pending free agent, that he won't be brought back under any circumstances. Isn't that great? Brooks has spent his entire career with Memphis and has developed a reputation as one of the NBA biggest villains. Before they were eliminated by the Lakers in the first round, Brooks called LeBron James old, inadvertently punched him in the groin, but avoided suspension, and then went on to shoot 31% from the floor of the series. Yeah. yeah it, I'm glad the Grizzlies washed their hands of him. You know what the Grizzlies are doing? They're they're changing the vibe around John ja Moran, so they can keep John ja Moran yes. in a lane. But Ramona Shelburne was on ESPN yesterday and said that Dylan Brooks is seeking $25 million per year. Oh, that's funny. Good luck with that. <laughs> American dollars, no, but, but listen, the, 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 that to me it doesn't matter what he's asking for. It's it's the fact that the Grizzlies said under any circumstance yes. they purposely they purposely ran him over with the bus. There's yes. people that have a problem with that. Well, the, I've seen some yes. negative reaction to them because doing that. they're indirectly blaming him for the culture that got Ja Morant sideways. That's what they're doing. You've heard a lot of people go, "You're not thugs. You're basketball players. Come on, what are you? You know, mm-hmm. they're targeting Dylan Brooks." And they're saying, you have to go so we can get Ja Moran back to the face of the league kind of guy. Well, at least Ja, after the series, said, yeah, I was a distraction this yeah. year and I have yeah. to be better. So at least he showed some maturity. Zach Gallen took a 28-inning scoreless streak to the mound with him in Texas last night, but it did not take the long, uh, long for the Rangers to snap it. With a 2-0 lead in the first, Gallen allowed a leadoff double to Marcus Simeon, who was knocked in two batters later on an RBI single by Nathaniel Lowe. D-backs would answer with uh, single runs in third and fourth to build a 4-1 lead. Rangers got two in the fifth. Gallon left with a 4-3 lead, but the bullpen couldn't hold it in a 6-4 loss. Ezekiel Duran, two-run homer off Scott McGuff in the sixth. The big blow. D-backs fall to 16-14 and and now trail the suddenly streaking Dodgers by a game and a half in the uh, NL West. LA's won five in a row. D-backs' uh, quick trip to Texas comes to a close today. Afternoon tilt at Globe Life Field. Top prospect, Brandon Fott on the mound, making his major league debut against Andrew Heaney. Uh, Fott ranked the D-backs top pitching prospect by MLB Pipeline. So, some uh, mid-morning watching today. 11.05 first pitch. Pre-game coverage starts at 10.30 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. And in the Stanley Cup playoffs, a couple of road teams uh, open series with big wins last night. Florida doubled up Toronto 4-2 in Game 1 of their Eastern Semifinal. And the Seattle Kraken keep chugging along with a 5-4 overtime win in Dallas in Game 1. Yanni Gord scored the game winner 12-17 into overtime. Overcoming. Did you say Laurel Gord? Yanni, Yanni Gord. Gord. <laughs> Did I say Yanni or Gord? Uh, the Seattle win nullified a four-goal performance from Dallas's Joe Pavelski, who at age 38 became the oldest player ever with a four-goal game in the playoffs. There you go. There is your splash for Wednesday, May 3rd. Coming up, the latest on Chris Paul. Will he go? Will he not go? That is straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball.
Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Groins are tough. I mean, anytime you pull a groin, a hamstring, those are those those soft tissue injuries where you pull them. Um, it's tough to heal from. I'm told he's going to have an MRI later today. They're going to know more. But the, their next game is on Friday. And I think he's got to be uncertain for Friday given there's you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. we got That's three days break. between games. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know if groin injuries heal in just three days. So especially when you're Chris Paul's, um, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. Advanced age, is that? What you're trying to say? In, yeah. in, bas- okay. in, in basketball, basketball terms, obviously. Age, yeah. um, but listen, he, it, it's going to be tough with three days to heal from this groin injury. That's James Gerania yesterday talking about the condition of uh, Chris Paul. He put it out there yesterday that the Suns are fully expecting to be without Chris Paul for games three, four, and five yeah. if it's necessary. The Suns put out their statement yesterday. They're considering Chris Paul day to day. I understand the smoke screens. We get smoke screens at this time of the year, uh, especially during playoff time. Uh, you know, I'm operating under the, the premise, Bick, that Chris Paul is not going to be on the court yeah, me Friday too. or Sunday me for too. Phoenix Suns. Me too. And it's how sad that Chris Paul could not get out of the 37th year on this planet unscathed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Age 37 has been a tough year for Chris Paul. Troubles began the day he turned 37. May 6th is the day he turns 38. Oh, man. So what is that? So what is Friday's date? Uh, Friday is the 5th, so Saturday is his birthday. There you go. Yeah. There you go. What a rough year in the context of availability and the Phoenix Suns' relationship with Chris Paul. Uh, a couple things here. If if the, if the Suns can't rally and Chris Paul's season is done and his career in Phoenix is done, I'm really worried that the string of playoff injuries is really going to affect the way people remember Chris I Paul. I was just having that same thought, Bick. I I really was. Yeah, and it's and so to me, I think about this, and and this is not the time for this discussion, but I can't help but think about this because he he is so important in terms of where this basketball team is at this very moment, um, in terms of just the culture change, and we all know how great he was three years ago, and I really believed he was the MVP of the league. Okay, so so the deal is, how can the Suns get by this? I think a lot of people have looked at this and said, look, that bench is already a train wreck. What what are they going to do to cover for Chris? Paul. And and that's the big that's the big thing this basketball team has got a vibe around. Yeah, can I go back to the Chris Paul point? Yeah, though? sure. You know, go ahead. Big picture. Yeah, get, absolutely. I, it's it's not the right time to have this, but we both had independently the same thought. Uh, you know, with another injury on the Chris Paul you know, playoff resume, if this ends unfavorably for the Suns this year, and we can all face it, everything comes to an end. Chris Paul's time in the NBA is fleeting. We can agree on that. Yep. But if he you know, ends his career with all of the accolades, with all of the numbers, with all of his rankings on the all-time list, but doesn't have a ring, that's going to be the first thing people bring up about his career, completely unfairly. The second thing people will remember about Chris Paul that aren't fans of him, oh, the guy always got hurt in the playoffs. Always. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. well, he was you know top five in assists and steals and all that. Yeah. It's It's... But Not, is that unfair? He he did he has always gotten hurt in the playoffs, right? But but, yeah, get, but, but getting hurt eighteen years of greatness and say that yeah that's unfair. But but getting hurt is not necessary a not necessarily a character flaw or a competitive flaw. 
Now, some being, guys just it just look at baseball. Yeah, Jacob Degrom. Every time he throws a, a baseball for for more than a mm-hmm. minute, he gets hurt. He's yeah. tremendous at what he does, yeah. but he's always hurt. Yeah. There's a difference between the guys who won't play, the guys who loiter, the guys who need to load manage, and the guys who get hurt a lot. And Chris Paul, for whatever reason, he's he's been de- and uh, what I think it is, I think it's the attrition of playing that position, being an undersized point guard all those years. I yeah. think it's just caught up to him, and now he's just starting to break apart. But uh, you know, how many? injuries as Chris Paul played through. We saw it in his first year in Phoenix. He had no business being on the court in that Lakers series. None. And he played through it. Yeah. And he was there for his team, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where he had to tell the coach and his teammates, if I'm garbage, yeah. you tell me yeah, and I'll no. sit down. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was no. important for right. him to be out there. Yeah. So you know and if he can go, he will go. That's exactly right. So so to me, I think I look at that, and, and I've got a, a massive amount of respect for him. I, but I'm also of the belief Chris Paul was no longer playing at an all, is no longer playing no. at an all-star level. That I think we can all agree on. Now, is he important? Does he add to the group? Of course he does. His experience, his ability to count the team down when things are starting to get a little haywire. Um, he, he as the point guard, really is the only point guard on this team that knows how to run a pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. Devin Booker really doesn't, but that's okay. He doesn't play the position full-time. He could still hit those occasional big and, shots and he at can the get, end of the game he can that still, you need. Yeah, and he can still get to his spot and make a shot. And so so, that, so all that stuff brings value. And I, can they replace it? I don't know if they can replace it, but I'm not certain that the alternative won't have a better effect on the Phoenix Suns. But the alternative, already the team was so thin on the bench. If, if the alternative is playing campaign more in the starting lineup with the starters, mm-hmm. then you become even thinner. Well... I, I think it's going to be Devin Booker, and I and I think that, and I'm going to get into this later, but I, I do think that um, this idea that, oh, we can't put more on Devin Booker's shoulders, I think this is kind of borderline absurd. Asking him to, to handle ball handling duties, do you think Devin Booker thinks that's overly taxing? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I think you're exactly right, but it will be interesting to see. Um, you know, Chris Paul being on the floor – is very reassuring at this time That's in a, a good playoff word. series That's for a good the Suns. Because That's you have word. Devin Booker and you have Kevin Durant, and with the ball trickled to a third option in a big shot situation, <laughs> you feel pretty good about Chris yeah. Paul taking that shot. Yeah. You won't have it. It should not be a death sentence for the Suns in this series. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I just, I wonder, I really, this is going to be fabulous to see which way Monty Williams goes with this. Because as you pointed out, there's a couple of guys that you can lean on to fill out the starting lineup and the first guy off the bench who are defensive minded. Why don't you just go full bore into it? Lean into being an offensive team. Go full bore into it. Put three-point shooters on the floor. And when Devin Booker and Kevin Durant get hounded and shadowed, Kick it to Terrence Ross. Three point kick it to Landry Shamit. Three point makers. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> Landry Shamit is one of those. I well, agree. Big difference in this yeah, series. Yeah. Again, so I'm I'm speaking kind of half facetiously, but yeah. I would think everything's on the table right now. Oh yeah. Throw the kitchen sink at him, and you still got a lot. In addition to the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, heading to State Farm Stadium with special guest The Strokes on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Uh, kind of along the same lines. Just mentioned all good things come to an end. Zach Gallen found that out in Texas yesterday, and so did the D-backs. D-backs Daily is next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Feedback's daily.
brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Yeah, D-backs coming off a loss in their last game, moving on to Texas with Zach Gallon on the mound, which has been a recipe for success. Uh, and uh, Zach Gallon himself would be bolstered by the fact another quick offensive start by the D-backs. Second batter of the game, Cattell Marte doing his thing. Swing, fly ball, right field. That's it well. Garcia turns, looks, nothing he can do. Solo home run for Cattell Marte. And just like that, it is one nothing Diamondbacks. Chris Garagiola on the call later in the first. Dominic Fletcher got his first Major League RBI with a single to left, knocked in Christian Walker. And it's 2 nothing. Things shaping up great. Hot pitcher on the mound, 2 nothing lead. Uh, Zach Gallen had a 28-inning scoreless streak intact. It did not last long. In fact, it didn't even last a half inning as uh, Texas got on the board in the bottom of the first, courtesy of Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel Lowe, 257 average, four homers, 19 RBIs. He's a unit in the left-handed hitting box, and the first pitch is a base hit into left field. Simeon walks home, and it's 2-1. D-backs still in front. D-backs would get another run, so the streak ends at that point. 28 and a third innings on the latest uh, scoreless streak by Zach Gallen, by the way. Yeah. And the second, Cattell Marte, sack fly scored Geraldo Perdomo, 3-1. Then in the third inning, Christian Walker. Swing, and that's a drive. Right center and deep, going back. Jankowski turns, looks, and she is gone. Bullpen shot for Walker the opposite way. It's his fifth of the year, and it's 4-1 Diamondbacks. 402 feet, uh, three-run lead at that point. Texas would get a run in the uh, actually a couple runs in the fifth inning. Marcus Simeon on an RBI single. Travis Jankowski an RBI single. 4-3 and then the big blow in the sixth inning. Scott McGuff on the mound uh, in relief of Zach Gallen pitching to Ezekiel Durant. Swing and a drive. Left center field. This ball is gone. And Durant a three hit night. And he just belted a two run homer and he gives the Rangers a 5-4 lead. They'd get another in the seventh. 6-4 the final as the uh, D-backs lose. Uh, so that streak also of Zach Gallen had three straight starts where he was following yeah. a loss and was able to pitch him to a win, and that didn't right. happen. Yeah. Well, you listen, it, 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 it was bound to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's it, you, That scoreless streak was pretty impressive as it is. These are major league hitters, and, and you're not going to keep that thing going on for for six months. So, again, it, it tipped the cap to, to Zach Gallen for what he has provided. The Rangers are a good baseball team. So yeah, they are a good baseball yep. team. There's no doubt they've spent some money over the past mm-hmm. couple of years, starting to you know reap the benefits of that. And remember, last time Zach Gallen pitched, we all marveled at how good he was. And afterwards, he said, "You know what? What if I told you I wasn't even feeling that great today?" Uh, Tori Lavello, the manager of the D-backs, talked about Gallen's start yesterday and said, eh, "It wasn't great." I know he's a little bit frustrated after the outing, but he did his job. He gave us five innings. He fought hard, and we were winning the game when he left. Um, just it's a little a little atypical of. What he's been doing for us, but he's human, and that's what happens. He just missed up with a fastball to Duran, and was supposed to be down in the way. So he, he missed with certain pitches at certain times. That, that's what could happen. So he's been on a good run, uh, but I just think a couple mislocated fastballs hurt him. Yeah. So the D-backs have lost two straight. They're sixteen and fourteen now. I mentioned it in the splash. The uh, the Dodgers all of a sudden are streaking. They've won five in a row. They're in first place. Mm. That could remain that way for for quite some time. But uh, today in the second and final game of this visit to Texas for the D-backs. 
They're throwing Brandon at Fott. He gets the call. How about it? And, uh, you know, another big-time prospect making a Major League debut. I was of the belief, you know, during spring training that we would see Fott make the team out of spring. It didn't happen. He went down to Reno. But here we are. So uh, we're going to see the the latest Diamondbacks prospect, homegrown prospect, make a debut today. I I watched his first two starts of the spring in their entirety. And I remember walking away going, ooh, this kid has got an attitude. This kid's got the kind of demeanor that that I think this kid is somebody to watch. And like you, I was surprised. And and then he kind of fell off my radar. Radar for a little bit, or maybe baseball fell off my radar for a little bit, and then he's yeah. Then he doesn't make the club to start the season, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. Now, now he's here. Now here comes his debut. Uh, what is this debut number three this year for the Diamondbacks? Is that correct? He, Major League debuts for start uh, for starters Ryan, for any Ryan player. Nelson, Dre Jameson both got action last year. As okay. Tommy Henry. Okay. So. Um, He's the, f- I think, you know, okay. I have to look at it, but he might be the, the okay. just the next. Okay. All right. Good enough. And and the fact that the team is still remaining to be very cautious with Corbin Carroll is something that that Bear is watching. Yes. yes. Um, but he hasn't been on the injured list either. And they've had some time. I mean, that injury happened on Saturday night when he ran into the wall. Mm. You know, it's Wednesday and they still haven't made a move with him. So this is just cautious. And I yeah. think that's probably a good sign. A couple of other things going on with the Diamondbacks that I wanted to mention. Geraldo Perdomo. What has gotten into this guy? Yeah. <laughs> 391 he's hitting. He's had nine multi-hit games this year. Out of 20 that he's played, he was one of the worst hitters statistically in Major League Baseball last year. And man, does he look comfortable at the plate right now. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's that. There's the Dominic Fletcher. He made his Major League debut, got, a, got an RBI in his second game. And um, there's another story that's happening down in the minor leagues. And I'll be completely honest, this guy fell totally off my radar. But once upon a time, Christian Robinson... I saw this story. ...was one of the hot prospects yep. in baseball. Um, you know, right around COVID time, he had an incident where he ended up assaulting a police officer. Three years later, he's ready to make his return to, ma- to, to minor league baseball. How about that? Got his visa intact, yeah. And yeah. here's the weird thing about it. He's still only 22 years old. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, so so I I so I hope that mentally he's healthy. I hope that this is going to be a clean reset for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's another that's another name to add to this to this to the future of this baseball team. Yeah, and if very high rated prospect at one point. And in time. if you can get Jake McCarthy right down to the mm-hmm. minors, yeah, still a lot to be. Uh Optimistic about D-backs and Rangers today. 11.05, early start time on uh, getaway day for the D-backs. They will throw Brandon Fott against uh, Andrew Heaney. 10.30 is when the pregame starts uh, on um, the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. It it is kind of disappointing what you were pointing out there quickly about sort of coming back to reality and the Dodgers all of a sudden won five in a row and Mm -hmm. are distancing themselves early. The the D-backs are five and five of their last ten, sort of hovering around 500 now. But the D-backs have also, the the way they started the season, we talked about that tough schedule. You got, you know, your first, what, ten games Mm -hmm. were against the Dodgers and Padres. That is not enviable when it comes to schedule making, and they 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 got through that pretty well, and they set themselves up, and I think that that stretch probably gave them a little bit of confidence because you know they're still neck and neck with the Padres, well, listen, who, whose whose lineup is ridiculous on paper, uh, you know, production yeah. wise, it's not been as yeah. Great. Listen, zoom out, and to me, where the Diamondbacks are, this is this is I think where I hope they'd be. I, if if you just said 
16, 14 after 30 games, you're going to take that? Yeah. Everybody would have taken Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Everybody. Uh, can I add one more baseball note that's not Diamondbacks related? Did you see this last night, the, the pitching matchup in Oakland between uh, the Millers? I did not. Bryce Miller for Seattle, Mason Miller for Oakland, two young pitchers. They had dueling no-hitters going for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Miller's no-hitter got, got um, broken up first. Mason Miller was pulled... After seven innings with a no-hitter intact. The A's, of course, they ended up losing the game. <laughs> of course. But, uh, so the scene in Oakland, the the, the landscape baseball-wise in Oakland right now is so bad. So Mason Miller's pitching. You know, he's, he's a young prospect. He uh, gets pulled after seven innings of no-hit ball. The crowd last night in Oakland was 2,583 people. I, I'm surprised they even get that. In the I mean, there are lame I mean, that's yeah. the announced attendance. But, yeah, right. So, Mason Miller had been with Oakland for a couple weeks, but if you go back to his last start in the minors this year, April 14th for the Las Vegas Aviators against the Salt Lake Bees, he got pulled after five innings of a no-hitter. You know what the crowd wow. was in Vegas that day? More? Four, almost four times as many people. Wow. 8,223. That's why they're moving to Vegas. That's right. That's <laughs> to be right. fair, there's nothing else to do in Las Vegas. That's true, though. They're it's a very boring for, place. So. They're looking for entertainment. Yeah, I do feel and, bad for you. Yeah, and, and I'll throw this baseball story into this weird hopper that we're putting out there. Luis Arreas, this kid from uh, Miami, hitting yeah. 435 at the end of the opening month of the season. Damn. Yeah, that we, that, that's, I mean, that's robust. And he was really good for Minnesota last year. That was a great pickup for Miami. Yeah. He's been He's been fantastic. Fantastic. There you go. There's D-backs Daily. Uh, coming up next, busy night in the NBA playoffs, and a lot of people in San Francisco are asking, who took the last shot? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios. Bick, back in the fold. He's back from Denver here at the uh, the home. Yeah, it's office. good to be back, Vinny. Yes. I tell you what, when you, when you go and you broadcast in a strange remote uh, studio, mm-hmm. pe- people always... Uh, What's this? Who is this guy? What's this stranger in our presence? Because, you know, every workplace, particularly news organizations, it's they're very parochial and it's very close knit. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was getting uh, who's that dude? What's up with his hair? (laughs) There was that picture of you uh, behind Chris Paul Mm -hmm. that was on TNT. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. And yes, your your point. Your hair was one of the stars of. The broadcast it's a little out of control now. I admit it. <laughs> I like it. I'll deal with it. I like it. How Thank out you, of control man. will you let it get? We'll see. We'll see. Jarrett Carlin levels? Well, <laughs> oh, the <laughs> pandemic Jarrett Carlin levels? <laughs> but, <laughs> even, no, but we have to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Bick's version of out of control was much different from Jarrett's. <laughs> yeah, that's because, true. Because we, yeah. of where it gets out of control. You get out of control on the back on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Jarrett was just a full-on... Bushy mess. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's an orb of hair. <laughs> an orb of hair. Uh, last night in the NBA playoffs, the other Western Conference semifinal got underway. Lakers took game one in San Francisco over the Warriors, uh, who, you know, obviously had the heroic performance in game seven from Steph Curry. 50 points to do away with the uh, Sacramento Kings on Sunday. And last night, Steph Curry got hot late, but wasn't his normal self. Uh, they had an em- enormous run to get back into that game, a 14 nothing run to mm-hmm. tie it. And then, of all people, 
Jordan Poole coming off a nightmarish series in Sacramento. And to that point, he had played well. He had right. six three-pointers. But in two very key possessions late in the game, he took a weird running left-hander that had no chance of going in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with about 10 seconds to go, shot about a 30-foot three-pointer, which the rest of the basketball world said, what is Jordan Poole doing? But everybody in San Francisco, teammates, and I guess they have to say this, um, they had no problem with Jordan Poole taking that shot. Yeah. It, uh, listen, that there, there's a difference between a deep three-pointer and a really deep one. That was really deep. That was really deep. He was in the he was in the Steph Curry zone where if you don't let Jordan Poole shoot that shot with the game hanging in the balance. So so I understand the player's reaction. Oh, I would have shot that ball because he was wide open, but he was way deep. And and he's Jordan Poole. He's a very good offensive player, but he's not Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. Um, and, and maybe I'll just say he's not Steph Curry and leave it at that. But Steph Curry was clearly being shadowed, nearly double teamed on the play. I'm not sure he's getting a shot off. But after Jordan Poole attempted the shot, Steph Curry just kind of, <laughs> his head and shoulders just sunk. Yeah, and he did say this after the game. I'm sure he felt pretty good about it. That's why he shot it. There's no regrets on that. It's just, you know, make or miss type situation. A lot of trust in him and his ability to put the ball in the basket. Steve Kerr. I had the timeouts left, but I saw them double teaming Steph at half court. So I knew somebody was going to be wide open if we could just get the ball uh, out. And Steph did a great job. He got the ball out of the trap and um, Jordan was wide open and pretty good look. And, um, you know, that's that's a shot he can hit. There's a reason why he was wide open from mm-hmm. 30 feet. Right. He yeah. got it. Um, now for some and of the, the, other, the other thing, one last thing. Did you see uh, Darvin Ham on the shot, though? Lakers coach? I didn't. Okay, I, so so Jordan Poole is is right near the Lakers bench, and as he is shooting the ball, Darvin Ham kind of puts his right foot out onto the court and waves. And it's not like he's that close to him, but if I, if I were a shooter, that would have been distracting to me. I thought it was kind of bush what Darvin Ham did on the play, just as a little adjunct, if you will. Check it out oh, later. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I just I just noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I thought it was kind of bush. I don't it know is. what he was doing. That's very bush. Yeah. That should be a technical foul. Yeah, I, Can I, you imagine losing a game? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh, not cool. <laughs> not good. Not good. Uh, also, that was... Uh, Throw me wait. a bone here. <laughs> Throw me a freaking bone here, people. <laughs> um, some of the non-San Francisco, non-Warriors reaction. Jay Williams, ESPN Radio. Jordan Poole, you are not 30. You are not 30. And if I just watched 30 give me a master class in Game 7 in Sacramento on the road, I know that you got the bag. And this has been an ongoing theme that this team has to work through, whether it's Steph calling them out in the huddle or you know Draymond Green trying to grab his hand. He saw in Game 6 when they were getting smacked at home and Jordan didn't want to deal with it. At some juncture, like I need you to give the ball back to 30 and not take a shot seven feet behind the three-point line with eight seconds left to go in the game. I saw some He's right about that. There were nine seconds left in the game, yeah. and and the, so there was time to try to get something better. Absolutely, and then the ball at one point. I mean, Draymond Green delivered the pass to Jordan Poole. Draymond Green is not going to shoot it from there, and you don't want Draymond taking that shot. But he's also a tremendous facilitator. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr said you got a timeout to draw something up. You yep. got two of the most devastating shooters in the history of the game. 
That being said, I, I, it bothers me because the Lakers won the game. Yeah, this is, and well, I think this is this too. is the overarching point. Jared said it earlier. This is something that's it's starting to kind of stick in my craw a little bit, and that is this idea that if LeBron James gets over this year and gets to the NBA Finals. I am not going to be happy. Neither am I. And we talked about it going into the playoffs where the Suns were as a four seed with, what, 37 losses. And if you look historically, teams with 37 losses don't win titles. There's been exceptions, yes. But there might be a team with more than 37 losses. The Warriors lost more than the Suns. The Lakers lost more than the Suns. And I don't, whatever happens in the Suns series, but let's say Denver wins. Neither one of those teams should be looking at Denver as this big, scary winning no. machine that is, you know, unbeatable. No. You could have a team with like 38, 39 losses in, in the finals. Somebody just, said yesterday we were going to have, we're going to crown the worst NBA champion yes, ever this year. Yes. But it's all perspective, though. I mean, it, it's going to be the worst record wise, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's going to just show that nobody cares about the regular season. You're that's right. why. You're right. That's and like that's, talent, that, talent wise, the Warriors, the Lakers, you know, these teams have tremendous talent. It's not like they're, you know, talent wise, they're going to be true. the worst NBA champion. And ever. that's very, very damaging to the NBA because if you're looking for ways, if you're Adam Silver to look for ways to curb this whole trend of load management and stars taking nights off, this fortifies that more than anything. And you're, it's just going to continue to get worse oh, and worse and worse. Listen, yes, and and this is why the people like Jarrett who like to argue that LeBron is the goat, and I just laugh in all of your faces. Michael Jordan, okay, take away his foot injury, his broken foot in year two, okay. Michael Jordan started 896 games out of 902 games in his career, missed six games in 11 years, doing everything. At both ends of the court. Yeah, except for those several years he just took <laughs> off because he decided to retire when uh, things got too okay, hard for him but, two different but, times. But, oh, when things got too, uh, too hard for him. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, we're not going down the road. He's third this championship no, and his father no. got murdered, yeah. the, the weird, <laughs> The weird... Uh, the weird LeBron stat, though, I saw mm. that because, you know, Embiid won the MVP yesterday. This is the first time in... 20 years. Every single year that LeBron has played, the first time he didn't get MVP votes. I know. First year ever. Not Is that even right? one fifth wow. place vote for LeBron. Oh, um, I'm sure I'm sure he's motivated by that. I'm oh, sure yeah. I'm sure if he wins a championship, we'll hear about that. And I took that personally. I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other quick note on the Jordan Poole shot. There was one other NBA player that agreed with it. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton was part of a panel with Taylor Rooks and Channing Frye on NBA TV. They were okay. doing an alternate broadcast. Mm-hmm. And as it unfolded, Taylor Rook, uh, Channing Frye, he takes the shot and Channing Frye's like, what? Taylor Rook says, oh my goodness, he can't be serious. Tyrese Halliburton says, what's wrong with that shot? I'm not mad at that shot. I would have shot that too. Channing Frye's response was, that's why you're here with us. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, coming up next, uh, Chris Paul, very iffy. We don't think he's going to be around for game three or four in Phoenix. So it's time for others to step up, including some guy who's pretty new in town. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.